if you're going to take the risk of running advertising online, shouldn't you get the benefits of learning from someone who's in the platforms every second of the day? Welcome to BidPixel.com's Marketing Ear Biscuits, the original podcast dedicated to digital advertising run by two Aussie guys who ride around in kangaroo pouches and drink Fosters and 4X beer. Guys, welcome to today's episode uh, of Marketing Ear Biscuits, and a little bit something a little bit different today. Uh, the man sitting across from me is definitely not Jay Janis. It's definitely not Josh. It's actually no one from Big Pixel. So uh, I want to introduce you, Cameron Evans from CE Finance. Um, Karen, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to talk about the importance of cash flow in inside a business and the benefits of being able to secure funding for uh, expansion of a business. Perfect. So in particular, we're going to talk cash flow for e-commerce stores. Correct. Now, Bidpixel works with a lot of e-commerce stores as they're growing and scaling. And we either work with businesses that get to the point where they can no longer scale fast enough because mm-hmm. they can't bring enough products into the country or they can't produce products quick enough. Yep. Or... We and we get through that barrier through cash flow, uh, or we get to that hurdle and the business kind of goes stale and they can't grow as fast or as well as they maybe should. So, yep. mate, what's the importance of having cash in a business? Well, it's the lifeblood of the business. So, um, the general sales cycle is dependent on how much how much you can fund so far as sales are concerned, and you. Um, uh, it's probably easier to, easiest to use a uh, an example. Um, current client, they're a pet food business, yep. and uh, their sales were at a limit that was basically dictated by the amount of stock that they could bring in. They bring in stock from the US, uh, and they've got a good business, you know, a multi million dollar business. Uh, but the the drama that they had was they they couldn't actually break the the limit that they had because of their cash flow. So they could never grow to the next size of business just because couldn't get more stock on the water or on the ground to sell. Correct. Right? But if they had it there, they'd be able to scale the business a lot quicker. Yeah, they, they had back orders and it was actually hurting their business in one sense because they couldn't supply to fulfill the requirement that was in the market. Yeah, interesting. So we'll have a chat a little bit later about what they did to overcome that. Sure. Um, let's talk about products. So you've either got widgets, which you... Uh, they're an off-the-shelf. You can find a supplier that's got a widget. It comes from China or the US or wherever yep. it is. There's tens yep. of thousands and you're drawing down a small percentage of that inventory. Yes. What happens when it's a, a custom or bespoke product for people? How Does that play a big part in how you can scale a business as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If it's something that's a generic widget and there's a lot of competition for your business, uh, then oftentimes you can negotiate trading terms. So if, if your sales cycle is, say, 30 days from when you receive stock, if you get 60-day terms with your supplier, then your sales are funded. And uh, and that's fantastic for, for growing a business. You're cash flow positive, I guess. You're, exactly. Uh, you're moving product quicker than you're actually bringing it into the country. Correct. Or, or, or purchasing it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So those trading terms are a big thing. So you can have um, either get 60-day, 90-day trading terms or a lot of our customers that we see in e-commerce, are it's cash up front, right, before manufacturing even starts and that yeah. ripples these businesses. Yep. So let's have a chat about a few options about how to get around that crippling of a business. How can cash flow be a good thing in business? Now, it's an interesting conversation for me to have because my wife and I personally live without credit cards, without finance or loans. Like we've got our mortgage and that's the only mm. thing that we owe anyone mm. on anything. We're, and we're trying to pay that down as quick as we can. Yep. But we also have built this business as BitPixel without 
finance or lending or growing it organically. Now it's taken us a while to get to where we are and it's always going to be a, a process to grow. So I can't really speak on this of doing, uh, have, having done it myself, but I want to get your opinion. So the first way that someone could get finance for business would be through family and friends. Yes. Um, how would the maybe the two options of that option work? Is there, you know, I think we talked about equity or flat out loan. Yeah, so, so um, uh, family and friends can invest in your business and uh, then effectively you get a business partner uh, that you become accountable to. Uh, sometimes that can be a little bit of a challenge because uh, people who don't really understand your business then want to come in and tell you how to run your business. Uh, and it can create a bit of pro- a, a lot of conflict, particularly with family and friends. Uh, you've got to sit down together at Christmas time and be able to break bread and enjoy each other's company. Uh, and if there's tensions in relation to uh, financial issues, it can be a drama. And that can uh, that can be whether it's a loan that there's some sort of uh, hassle with, um, because not everybody's set up with the understanding of uh, the risks that are associated with providing a loan. Um, they think everything's going to be peachy. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have done it in the first place. That's right. Family or friends gives you a, a sum of money and says, that's cool, you can repay it. And maybe they are naive enough that they don't put a interest rate on that or they don't ask you to repay it in a certain period of time and you start taking the liberties on them. And obviously Christmas dinner is going to be pretty hard to uh, handle if that's the case. And then you've got maybe the equity side of things. And like you said, giving a family member or a friend a percentage of your business for life to get you through a small cash flow Mm. hurdle Mm. or going out to a venture capital firm or getting yourself on Shark Tank, which would be a small percentage of people, right? But you're literally giving up a say in your business and you're always going to have to answer to someone else in that business as well, right? That's exactly right. Cool. So family and friends can be good if they've got the same interest at heart from you and possibly if maybe you can buy them back out in the future or if um, yeah, it's, it's something that's going to be very personal to the person actually thinking about family and friends loans. That's right. Um, I introduced you to the wonderful things of PayPal advances before we went on the air today. Yes. How crazy are PayPal advances? I, uh, I was amazed that, uh, that they would charge as much as they do. It just seems ridiculous that... Uh, clearly, there's, it shows that there's a need in the market, I guess is probably the first point, that, um, that they've put a facility in place that uh, you can borrow 35000 and I think you know the numbers we had, you, you pay back $80,000 over a period of time. So the sums that we worked out quickly for those listening in, you can borrow up to 35% of your annual PayPal sales. So anything you put through PayPal in a year, they will allow you to borrow 35% of that. Say if you make $100,000 in sales that go through PayPal, remember they've already taken a clip on that $100,000 in sales because for their fee, but if you turn over $100,000 a year through PayPal, you can then borrow up to $35,000 through PayPal, but there's a massive fixed fee in place depending on how much you want to repay or how quickly you want to repay it. And they're taking a percentage of each sale, right? So you could be giving up up to 30% of each sale to repay the PayPal on this money. So the sums kind of worked out. If you want to take the largest percentage of each sale and stay profitable when you're repaying your loan, you might borrow $35,000 but repay $85,000 to PayPal 
for a quick cash flow loan to maybe get stock on the ground. Like that's doesn't make sense. You're you're repaying double, more than double what you borrowed off PayPal. Um, people probably buy beware. People need to research that option and, and have a look at some different or different options or some more options. So, mm. mate, the next option that we discussed was a traditional overdraft. So going to your bank, tell me about the the pitfalls of a traditional overdraft and why that's maybe changed in the last decade or two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, traditionally, it's been probably the only place you could go. Um, and generally, it needs to be secured by a property, um, you know, tying up the family home. And uh, one of the biggest challenges, and I've got a sort of a live example that we discussed earlier, uh, is the amount of time that it can take, particularly with smaller amounts. So... Uh, um, I've got a, uh, a client who's a pet food client yep. that I alluded to earlier. Um, they applied in November 2018 for a $100,000 overdraft. So November 2018, remember that? Correct. Um, understanding that these people, they've, they've got multiple properties. Um, they've been in business for five years. Uh, they've got a strong turnover business. So they looked good to a financial institution. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Uh, by April of 2019, they still didn't have an answer. So nearly, to, uh, so what's that, six months? Six months, six months. They still Five didn't months. have an answer. Now, not that they didn't qualify, but the, uh, the banks in general aren't really interested in smaller overdraft facilities, smaller cash flow facilities. And the reason why is it takes the same amount of effort to approve a, a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar overdraft as it does to approve a five hundred thousand or a million dollar facility for someone. And is that person writing that overdraft getting a commission based on what they're writing, or are they getting incentives based on what they're writing through the bank? Yeah, well, certainly their budgets and and their um, uh, they're measured on the amount of volume that they put out the door. So a small business looking to get an overdraft. Um, can continually maybe get pushed to the bottom of the pile with these large banks. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Five months later, no outcome, no result, where that, could, right. that could cripple a business, right? If it was a they needed that money in a hurry to stay afloat or get stock on the ground. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, and also traditional overdraft, they're going to probably want property backing. You're going to have to have assets that they can fall back on. Or? That's right. And, and more and more, uh, the banks are looking for that. You know, if you go back 10 years ago, they were doing a lot of unsecured overdrafts. Uh, and now that definitely need property. And sometimes that can be a difficult conversation uh, to have when you've got one partner working in the business and one not working in the business. Uh, you're tying up the family home to support one part that another partner doesn't really have a lot of visibility of. I think that probably speaks a lot into the industry that we work in. We've got a lot of mummypreneurs who run e-commerce right. stores. Hub is still off in the city running his corporate job or doing his daily job. Yep. He's got a good... Uh, superannuation fund that's getting topped up each month by his, his employee but then employee employer but then wifey instead of entering the workforce when the kids get a little bit older wifey decides to stay at home and run a little online store yeah. and just it's little things like not contributing to the mortgage and not contributing to her own superannuation anymore that they don't think about and when it comes time to scaling this business hubby or the partner that's working in the city at this full-time role is suddenly feeling like well why am i funding this or why am i you know what's the risk for the family for you to enjoy your lifestyle business yep so 
We're just going to take a quick break here. I just want to uh, discuss something that we've got going on at BitPixel, but Cameron will be back with you in a second. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment out of the content that you've been consuming right now and just discuss this promotion that BitPixel's doing currently. So for Q1 of 2020, so January through to the end of March, we're actually incentivizing you and we want to know what your toughest marketing or advertising question is. Now, we want to hear those questions on our Instagram account, so commenting on any of our posts or our YouTube channel, commenting on any of our current videos or in fact, any of the videos on our channel at all and we will go through and read those questions and use them as a basis of our content for future videos and pieces of content that we're making. Now, marketing is a transaction, right? You need to give and take to get someone's attention. And while we're asking you for these tough questions, we know that we need to give you something in return. So what we've devised is an outlandish prize of $50,000 cash to go towards your next marketing or advertising campaign. Now, we've had some feedback from this already and some people think it's a little bit too good to be true. But I just want to take this moment out of the content that you've been listening to, to give you some assurance and give you a bit of an understanding of where that $50,000 cash is coming from and let you know that it's completely above board and legitimate. So within Australia, you've got the ability to do an insured prize sum. Now, while we don't have the $50,000 to give away, we use an insurance company to say that there is a game of chance involved and the winner will get the chance to spin a wheel and if they spin the lucky number, like if you're old enough and you remember Hey Hey It's Saturday and Pluck a Duck and the big chocolate wheel, if you spin the number and win, you get a genuine $50,000 cash to do with it as you choose or to spend it on advertising. Now, because it's a game of chance, some people might not want to take part in that. So what we've done is offered up two other prizes in the prize pool and the first person who asks the toughest question or the person that we deem wins this promotion at the end of March will get the chance of which prize they like to choose. Yeah, they might like to spin to win and go for uh, their chance for $50,000 cash or they might choose one of our supplementary prizes which are the, the first supplementary prize is three months worth of strategy with our team. So you get three months of strategy with our Google Ads experts three months of strategy with our Facebook ad experts, and three months of strategy with our conversion rate optimization and website development team. Now, that's a pretty powerful prize in its own, and imagine what you could do after three months to generate revenue through your advertising and marketing. Now, if that doesn't float your boat, we've also got a locked safe. Now, you can barely see it up on the screen here, but up on my shelving that you'll see in a lot of our videos is a safe that says win me and it's actually been locked for quite some time now. The contents of that safe in November and December alone earned two of our customers over half a million dollars worth of sales online. So like I said, marketing is a give and take mentality, right? We want to take your tough questions and we want to answer them. And that's a selfish motive from us because we want to use those questions that you ask to then generate more valuable content for other people to consume. But we know that we need to give you something in return. And the reason why we're going outlandish with the $50,000 cash is we want to make it worth your while to take time out of your day to ask us a question. So that's it. That's our little internal ad as part of the content that we've just pushed out. I just want you to know that yes, it's a legitimate $50,000. We want you to have the chance to win that or one of the other prizes that we're offering. And all we need in return is for you to ask us a marketing or advertising question that you genuinely want to find out an answer for. Uh, Thanks heaps. Let's get back to the content that we're talking about at the moment. And if you did want to take part in this promotion, just go to bitpixel.com forward slash questions and there's all the information you need there. Cheers guys.
Cameron, thank you. Let's talk about the next option for getting cash flow into an e-commerce business or into a small business who's trading online. So we've talked about family and friends and equity or loans. We've talked about PayPal advances and the absurd repayment structure that they have. Hmm. Um, just before the break, you talked about a traditional overdraft and the long drawn out process that you might have to face with that. Um, but then we've also got the conversation now of pre-selling your products. And this is something that I can speak into because we watch a lot of our customers do right. this. And pre-selling items is usually the first port of call that they do when they're trying to grow their business. And what I mean by pre-selling is they will go to market with a new product, but listed on their website, but not physically have the inventory to sell there and then. So if someone purchases that product, there's a long waiting period through manufacturing or shipping or getting it on the water from overseas. Now, the industry has kind of got used to pre-sales and it might be a very visible thing on the website. So it might be pre-order or pre-purchase before we get it on the ground. But the user experience then is a long wait for the consumer. Social media these days gives everyone the desire for instant gratification. They order something, they want it there yesterday. Mm. Um, Amazon in the US with their one-day shipping has made this uh, massive thing that now the small boutique e-commerce store doing a pre-sale where it might be three, four, five weeks before the customer gets their order ends up in a bad customer experience. They don't come back and purchase again. Suddenly your lifetime customer value goes down and it's a nasty cycle to get into. So one of the biggest things we see with pre-selling, and this is where you as a broker have a massive leverage of the next topic we talk about. One of the things with pre-sales is our consumer or our customers often have to discount so mm. they might go to pre-sale and the negotiation with their end consumer is that we'll give you a discounted rate on buying this product if you buy it and wait for us to manufacture it mm. or wait for us to get it. Mm. So that could be $30,000 off. Oh, sorry. That could be 30% off. Yep. Buy it at pre-sale, buy it at pre-order and get 30% off. Now, if they do $100,000 in sales, they've just effectively lost $30,000 in revenue by pre-selling their product. So that brings us to the next point, which is where you're the expert and the reason why I wanted to have a chat with you. And it's all about unsecured cash flow and the options mm. about doing that these days. Now, mm. like I preface this conversation, I don't necessarily subscribe to finance and lending, but I know it's a valuable thing for a lot of our businesses to, or a lot of our um, clients to grow into. But let's talk about unsecured cash flow and the options that people have these days. Yeah. So. Uh, over the last decade, there's been a lot of different entrants into the market uh, that are providing uh, true cash flow funding, particularly in this uh, business-to-consumer space. It's, it's really important. Um, what a lot of these people or groups will do is lend between uh, 80 to 170% of whatever your monthly current monthly turnover is. Yep. And uh, in doing that, it allows people to do things like uh, pay for marketing, uh, fund stock. And, you can come uh, back. You just said pay for marketing. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you back on the show, mate. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, those, those types of expenses that uh, businesses do need to grow yep. uh, and need to be able to get the message out there, it's important for them to be able to have the cash to be able to do that. So if I, if I could use the um, that pet food example that I spoke about earlier, um, they, they spent six months, let's say, uh, going through the process of trying to get a, a, an overdraft through traditional sources. Uh, 
after sitting down with them, we actually find, found that their need wasn't $100,000. It was more like 380000 Yeah, wow. That's a business-changing amount. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we put that facility in place for them in seven days. Uh, and what then happened was it meant that they could actually increase their quarterly, their revenue increased by a million dollars. So they've doubled the turnover of their business. They doubled the turnover of their business by just having the cash flow there to inject into more stock on the water and then getting those back orders out quicker. And, Absolutely. And, you know, cash is king in that instance. So yeah. unsecured cash flow, what's, what's the regulation on this at the moment in Australia? So it, actually regulation is a really like interesting... nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's getting... the. It's interesting. Uh, when, specifically when we talk about regulation... Uh, ASIC's had a bit of a look at this space and they've found that uh, the industry is self-regulating. So with the Banking Royal Commission that's come online, uh, they've already seen that there's a, uh, uh, a particular importance of transparency, there's an importance on clients understanding what their obligations are uh, and understanding what the ramifications are if they're not able to pay, etc. Uh, and so that part of the industry is actually really well regulated. So people really know where they're at. Um, there are a number of different products that are available. Uh, some products are lines of credit, like a come and go credit card style facility that you can use for buying and, and, uh, and selling stock and having expenses. There's um, some that are linked to, um, specifically to turnover, uh, but just allow you to pay invoices. Some will actually give cash that you can use within the business. So uh, there's a, a, a variety of different options out there with repayment terms from six months to three years. What are the general minimum requirements for a business to get funding in this instance? Yeah, so uh, generally you're looking at a turnover of about $5,000 a month. That's nothing. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the sort of the entry point. Uh, and from there, there's facilities at the moment in the market because it's still developing uh, go up to half a million dollars surely someone who's turning over five thousand dollars a month isn't going to get half a million dollars worth of funding though no that's so relative so that's right capacity. so so um and that's where we talk about it'll either be um 80 of turnover or it might be up to 175 percent of the monthly turnover that they will facility would be in sure so if you've got someone who's turning over five thousand dollars Generally, you'd be looking at a five thousand dollar facility that you would then pay down over time. And how often? So repayment structures fairly fluid. Can they start like discussing payment structures, repayment structures, or? Yeah. So, the, the, because these are designed to be cash flow, uh, and it's designed to be a churn product, it's it's generally there's a repayment pattern that's around twelve months. Okay. So they would make principal and interest repayments over a twelve month period. Um, Oftentimes what will happen though, so I've got a client who's a, a carpet or a floor coverings uh, sales people, you know, uh, carpet sales, they, they work in the wholesale market. Yep. Um, they'll have a container come out from Indonesia, which is their main supplier. Uh, they have a $40,000 facility. After two months, they pay that out. And then sure. in a few months after that, they'll do the same thing again. So there's that cycle. Sure. Um, other other customers just prefer to leave the cash in and pay it down over time rather than have that sort of 
boom bust type of uh, yeah cool um, cycle. So with these unsecured cash flow options, is do they need to own a house or have property? No, that's one of the great things about it is that it's just based on what your turnover is. Uh, you don't need to own a property. Uh, you do need to show bank accounts, bank statements that confirm your turnover and also confirm that you're responsible with how you conduct your bank accounts. Sure, so they're going to want to see separate bank accounts, right? Not your personal account with your business transactions and they're wanting to yeah. see an auditable trace of where the business is spending money. That's right. And and what they want to be able to do too is see that you're responsible, that you're not overdrawing and things like that. So it's uh, you're not too close to the wind, so to speak. Yeah, sure. And what about time in business? Do they have to be trading for a certain amount of time? Can a startup get access to this kind of funding? Generally, uh, it's six months trading, which isn't a long time compared to a lot of other uh, traditional sources. I mean, if you go to the bank, it's two years. Um, but uh, uh, there can be some exceptions to that. If someone's a startup, there's some discussions that we can have around different types of funding for them. Yeah, sure. So I guess the big thing with the unsecured cash flow is there's a ton of fintech options out there. There's yes. brokers like yourself. So Cameron Evans from CE Finance. Mm -hmm. um, what's your website, mate? Uh, cefinance.com.au. Okay, so nice little plug there. Um, so you've got a broker that you can go to. So someone like Cameron can get you the best deals or know the best product that might be suited for you. Um, you've got all these fintech custom uh, companies now: uh, Prosper, Moolah, yeah, um, uh, Get Capital, Get Capital, like uh, Lindley. They're marketing massively. You'll find, yeah. you know, you type in business capital or cash flow, and you're going to see their ads come up pretty quickly online yep. these days. So I guess the big thing about unsecured cash flow for when we're thinking about our e-commerce customers would be they might get access to that cash flow, which means there's no need to discount their products at a pre-sale or a, um, a pre-order style selling system so instead of maybe giving 30 percent off on a pre-sale they're maybe only paying a what kind of like 12 percent yeah or... so so i uh, i did some quick numbers on um uh someone who might have a uh, sort of three month stock turn from order to sale uh and that would be six percent of the cost of goods would be how much they would pay as a flat cost if you like so as a flat cost, so we're talking maybe a, uh, a shoe business, a clothing range that cycles their products every six, uh, three months, toys, anything that, you know, your, your stock's rotating in a quarterly sort of basis. Instead of discounting by up to 25, 30% to get pre-sales and get stock on the water, you can maybe go cash flow as an option and just be giving up like 3%, 3 to 6%, was it? That's right. Uh, sounds like it's a win to me um, and it gives you the option to get the stock on the water and have it on the shelves which then turns into a better customer experience for the end customer as well right they're getting Absolutely. orders quicker and not having to wait yeah awesome Cameron thanks very much for your time today that was a good little chat uh, you've opened my eyes to how cash flow is important for e-commerce and the different options that uh, people have in that regards um, we've got dozens of customers who could benefit from the conversation that we just had and Great. Um, I'd encourage anyone who's thinking about the, the cash flow, if finance is the right option for you, look up Cameron or look up, um, I'll put your details in the show notes as well, by okay, the way, great. Um, or talk to someone, talk to a broker, look at the fintechs and just see if it's the right option for you. But definitely um, go slow and work out which one's the best option and work out mm. if you can uh, service whatever you borrow with the cash flow that you're getting in from the sales. Awesome, Cameron. Mate, any closing remarks? You don't uh, have to. 
No, look, thanks very much for having me. And, awesome, mate. Uh, it's, a, it's a great experience. So I think we're going to get you in again to have another chat about uh, some finance stuff for business just because okay. that is your that is your uh, jam. That's what sure. you do. But, mate, thank you very much for having a chat about cash flow and options today. Wonderful. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, uh, so, guys, if you like this episode, please like or subscribe to our channel or our Instagram or our Facebook. And if you didn't listen to the ad that I uh, published halfway through this, Ask a comment in the comment section below and you can go in the drawer to win $50,000 cash. Fancy that. What could you do with $50,000 cash in your business to then advertise, to make more sales, to then get more product and how would that work for you, right? Um, comment your questions. We can get Cam back on to answer any of those questions but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks a lot guys and we'll talk to you soon.